Hello everyone, this is Khalif. And this is Jamise. And welcome to another episode of Friendly Fire. Yes, this is episode three. We are continuing the month of love. Oh yes, the month of love. And so I believe that it's so fitting that the month of love is also Black History Month. Why so? We got a lot of love for our black people. Sometimes it may not seem like it, but we do. Really? How? I mean... There's a lot of things that we like about, I mean, most recently, booty love, right? Booty love? What do you mean by that? People loving big booty, right? That's been a part of black culture for a while, and now it is mainstream. Mm. Everyone talking about the big butt. (laughs) Yeah, but not everyone's black has a big butt. That's another story altogether, though. We're talking about culture, not actual scientific facts and and genetic (laughs) hereditary traits. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> yeah, big butts, mm. booty love, yep. onion booty. Yep, and they even resurrected the song. They didn't even need resurrecting, right? Oh, yeah. Anaconda. Nick- oh, actually, no, no, no. Anaconda resurrected the song, Sir Mix-A-Lot. Right, of course. But we didn't Maybe need to be, it didn't need to resurrect it because everybody already still knows that song. Well, yeah. But, I you mean, know, we got to keep that booty love going. Well, I think it was a pointless, <laughs> I mean... Side note, I think it was a pointless... Resurrection? Yes. Yes. No one had forgotten the original. Yeah, no one. one. I mean, everyone. (laughs) My anaconda don't want... Everyone knows that. Mm. Yeah, so her sampling that was kind of pointless. but it's a But it's a hit. It is. So strange how that can happen. Mm. Wish I could do something like that. You probably could. We got auto Make a hit off another hit. That's usually how sampling goes. I would be okay with being a one-hit wonder. Not me. How much money can I make as a one-hit wonder? I don't know. That's that that short rapper. I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I know. I still remember that song, too. I can sample that one. Maybe. You are pretty short. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, so we are talking about how amazing black culture is. And I did mention briefly that, you know, it is a complicated relationship, though, between blacks and America, right? How so? I mean, duh, we know it's 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 complicated. Our, our history is, there's a lot going on there. And stuff seems to be cyclical, almost. Cyclical, re- recycled, happening once again. Yes. I don't know. I don't, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not going to go into this whole thing like, oh my God, black people are so sensitive. No, it's not about sensitivity. It's one of those things where if you could walk a mile, in someone else's shoes you could finally understand what it feels like like it reminds me of that movie white man's burden starring john travolta mm. it came back i think it was like early 90s maybe i, I don't know. know you're looking at me to answer questions i've never seen it. well i was kind of <laughs> leaning for you for help but you know i can't help you. i don't sorry. remember when this movie came out it was a low budget film but it was a very powerful powerful movie if i haven't seen it, it probably came out sometime when i was a kid so i had to say 90s okay I've seen everything since I've been an adult. I'm everything. So old. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm gonna have to show you that then one day. Ah, uh, yes, of course, of course, of course. Well, I think it's mainly that you know it's not about being sensitive. It's just being tired. It's like you know we're 200 years out, you know, from slavery, and and about 50 plus years out from Jim Crow. But yet, it still seems like they just don't get it, right? They just don't get it. <laughs> well, I think I think the newer generation, 
I don't know. I don't. I want to say the new. I want to be hopeful and say the newer generation gets it, but I think it all has become something different for them. It could be lost on the newer generation. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just the the simple fact is this: we can do better. We will do better. Things are getting better. <laughs> you know, I, it's just that sometimes, like Louis C.K. said it best in a joke. As a white American, he can go back to any time in history in a time machine, and it'll always be great for him. Right. But a black person may want to stay away from that time machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. It's funny because it's true. You know, we kind of want to stay in the here and now, maybe go to the future, you know, but definitely it wasn't always good. You know, it wasn't always good. But since we are on the subject, the complicated relationship, but... um Paul Mooney once said, mm. everybody want to be black, but nobody wants to be black. Actually, that's the Disney version of what he said. Yeah, we, we clean it up a little bit. But, I mean, you can understand, you know, they want, people want the style. I mean, come on. Black that, people got that style. They got that, that swag. swag, you know? like So, and then our, our beautiful curly hair. They love our curly hair. They love our big eyes, our poofy lips. Our figures, our nice brown tan skin. <laughs> Maybe not my figure right now. True. Maybe not mine either. But that's okay. It's wintertime. We're we're hibernating. Yeah, I'm we'll a big bust old out bear. in the summer and we'll be all svelte. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Sports Illustrated cover kind Arnold, of situation. Arnold Swartz in his prime. Uh, please don't go there. I was not attracted. He was never attracted to me. Yeah, I know. Okay. Dwayne Johnson right now. He's so big. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. He's okay. electrifying man in sports and entertainment. Mm, we're going to have to say mm, on that one. <laughs> my feeling about wrestling is less sporting and more entertainment. But so, but since we're on the subject of being black and not mm-hmm. wanting to be black, a black wait, culture. Wait. No, no. Being black, people who are black want to be black. No, 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 no. Not, not, not <laughs> referencing the black people, but since uh, we're... Other people who aren't black. Want to be black, but not being black. Okay, got it. But the black culture and hip hop. Oh, yes. This is kind of like a one of those debates that people get really emotional about sometimes. Well, who owned well, black culture and hip hop. Is it truly owned by black people? Mm, I mean, a cultural I don't really know how to address this because I mean, let's first of all, what's good about hip hop? You know hip hop comes from black culture. But what is good about it? Like, why do people really like hip-hop who may not be black Americans? Why do people who aren't black Americans really get into hip-hop, buy hip-hop, support the artist, produce their own hip-hop? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, I thought you were addressing the audience. Uh, Like they can call in. We don't have that set up yet, or yeah. you, you know, instant message us or something. I will have Skype set up, but you know, this would be a recorded thing. Mm. But um, but no, but mostly okay. I think hip hop, in its pure essence, besides, I mean, as you said once before, hip hop it should be fun and bouncy, like hip hop. Well, I was like, what's the difference between hip hop and rap? You know, because some people use this interchangeably. They do, but uh, in general. I think hip-hop as a culture, it generally identifies the disenfranchised, the people who feel like they were left out. And they, there's a place where you, you can be accepted, you can have, a, you can come, have a good time, you will be accepted as for who you are, like the Catholic Church, come as you are. 
But it's but it's not always bouncy and upbeat. You know? Not always. Right. But that's why I say it's talking it's talking sometimes it will speak to the disenfranchised. Right. The people that feel like they don't have a voice. Give an example of a song in a rapper it has in 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 that I people who were out outsiders, so to say, could identify with. Oh, uh, I mean not to just, you know, rehash. I mean, I'm not going to go back to just the 80s. Just give us an example. Um, one good example would be Tupac Shakur. Give um, us a song. Oh, well, he had one of the greatest songs that I really enjoyed by him. One of the greatest. Okay. Brenda Got a Baby. All right. Basically, if you have not heard this song, Google it. Find it. Tupac Shakur, Brenda Got a Baby off the album Tupacalypse. Okay. It's basically talking about a younger a young lady named Brenda mm-hmm. who's growing up in low income housing. She's in a bad situation, family on food stamps. Mm-hmm. She's I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's kind of mentally handicapped. Okay. But she's taken advantage of. She gets pregnant by her. She gets raped by her cousin. Or she's Okay, in a so you're saying a lot of people can identify with this horrific situation? Um it's here it is yes and not because it happened to them but they may have people may have grown up in situations like this and this song is so particular it doesn't speak to everyone which is what i love about like it like abusive homes yeah it speaks to people that grew up and like it but with this song it goes into the fact that her parents don't really care they see the fact that now brenda's pregnant Oh, she's bringing a baby in. Oh, it's going to get more government assistance. But then once she can't... I don't know how this would have an international appeal, though. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, well, I'm sure there's better examples in no, this No, I mean... You just really like this one. I like this one because... I mean, I like another Tupac song because I think I was about eight, seven or eight years old called Dear Mama. And I really like that one. Oh, that's because and everybody liked their mama. But my... I mean, once you hear the lyrics, like, okay, it's really more like just having a respect and love for your mom, even though that she's a flawed woman. You know, in the song, like, the mom is, is a drug addict, but a lots of mom, no mom is perfect. Every mom struggles with something, whether it's drugs or working or just emotional problems or, or just simply, you know, sometimes they're too strict or they're too nice, you know, okay, but no mom well, is perfect, but we example. love them anyway. Here's you another know? example. So what about Eminem Stan? Hmm. It had very, it had great commercial appeal, but it was also a song that was depicted a person who's going through some really horrific issues, mm-hmm. uh, disenfranchisement, um, isolation issues, which is why he fixated on this one character, which was Eminem so much. I'm glad you brought that up though, because Eminem is white, and there aren't really? that many white rappers. Right. So is it okay for non-blacks to be rappers? What do you think? Are they stealing the music from black culture when they do this? Well, see, this is a thing that I really dislike. Um, I'm going to take it back a little bit. Mm. I'm going to answer your question, but I want to say this first. Okay. The origin of hip-hop did begin, the origin of what we call hip-hop today did begin with black culture. But... As it did begin with black culture, lyricism did not. Lyricism has been around for a long time. Rhyming, basic A, B, A, B rhyme schemes. It goes back to Shakespeare. It um, goes back even further with the guy walking around with the lyre 
playing the little probably guitar. Probably even further, all the way back to the motherland, I'm sure, because they had drums to keep beat, and I'm sure they, they got words that probably kept to a beat or something, or a rhyme scheme. Yeah, I mean... So we have no idea, really, this where this around, comes from. <laughs> this has been around for forever, so I'm not downplaying, but the hip-hop that we know today did derive itself from black culture. Right. But this is the thing. It's like a child. Mm. Parents create a child. The mm. child would eventually grow up and yeah. make its way into the world. God willing. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Failure to launch. Well, you know, they might not make it at all to adulthood. And so <laughs> you have end of so now you have this kid that has now grown up and gone to different places, experienced different things. That child is still your child, but it's now a child of the world. I understand. Yeah. So hip hop has started out in black culture has now superseded itself to cross boundaries international waters and now individuals that may have felt that disenfranchised feeling Mm -hmm. people in lebanon when they were having that big civil war over there Mm -hmm. there's a lot of lebanese rappers that i met that were rapping about ending the war having peace in lebanon and really emotionally moving music there's i mean israeli rappers all these cats that I've personally like interacted with, mm-hmm. maybe not physically, but we've chatted through emails because they can't speak English. <laughs> There's even a pretty good French hip hop scene. Oh yeah, so I've, I knew a few guys that were big French rappers, it's, and it's interesting. So basically, this is—I mean, even I was watching a sitcom, and it's based on a, a real person, and he was an, a Taiwanese immigrant kid. And he really loved hip-hop, and he said that because he felt different, right? You know, in Taiwan, they have different culture, different food, different language. Everything's different. Plop him down in the middle of white suburbia, you know, but he was all into Biggie and Tupac, and he loved it because to him, it was all about, you know, trying to be yourself in a culture, a society that doesn't really necessarily like you, you know exactly and so he really felt like even though he was asian he could really identify with that and i think that's the biggest part can you identify with it can you relate to it so you meet an asian kid who's like what's up son Mm -hmm. doesn't mean he's trying to steal the culture that means he identifies with it and he wants to be down he wants to be a part he wants to be with you 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 see a white guy like eminem who comes up who grew up in detroit and not in the best Middle class circumstances. I mean, Not he was, a middle class he was circumstance broke. at all. <laughs> he was broke like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And so he identifies. The rest of us? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't okay, not you, broke. but maybe me. I was broke. <laughs> you know. Man, I'm proud to not been broke. <laughs> mayonnaise sandwiches. That's all I'm saying. But he grew up, and he grew up in a circumstance where, you know, that culture, hip hop culture, as it comes from black culture, he identified with. I mean, that's that was his neighbors, his classmates. I mean, it, it's hard for you not to identify what you grew up around. I mean, I'm just saying, and you want to be a part of it. You like the the you like the way that someone feels like they're speaking for you. And if you feel like you don't have a voice, you can hear it in a song, and that person has now become your voice mm-hmm. until you feel like you're strong enough to talk for yourself. All right. And I think that's the true essence of hip hop. And which is why it is now infecting, not infecting. Infecting sounds really negative. Now, I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to say like it's contagious, it's catching on. 
I don't know. I don't have a good analogy right now, but it's really becoming something that has been assimilated and absorbed into other cultures and now coming back as Korean hip hop, Indian hip hop, Muslim hip hop. I mean, just any form of hip hop that you could think of. And it's all can be come and it can all come back to the source. Okay. No, I mean, it's I think it's a good thing. And so we talk about who owns the culture like as black americans as any culture you have something that's culturally yours you're very proud of it doesn't mean that you can't share it and that other people can't appreciate it the end so of course we're all gonna know we all know yeah hip-hop the black community we know this but it's okay for other people to to make that music as well yeah, i mean it is okay and i mean i don't see a point like I have some because I wanted to be a country singer. We all know there aren't that many black women singing country music, but boy, if I was good at it, I would sure want my Grammy. <laughs> I don't know what was that one that the cow- oh Cowboy Troy. Cowboy Troy, boy, I love Cowboy Troy. I mean, he's hip hop, but he's doing country songs. Exactly. So you know, it's and he's selling out. Out, he's selling out. In my albums. opinion, music doesn't have a color. Only your ears not. can hear it, right? You can't see good, it. You can hear it. You can feel it, and that's all that matters. I can't think of his name now. Who? The guy who owns Motown. Quincy Jones. Thank you, Quincy. <laughs> when he was producing all those hit albums, mm-hmm. he had this phrase where he was talking to the songwriters and the singers. Mm-hmm. He wants you to listen to a record, and if you have two dollars, and you're starving. Mm-hmm. If you hear this, although you're hungry, he wants this song to be so good that you will forget that you're hungry and you will buy that, that record. Wow. So this is and with that and with that appeal of trying to reach white America as well, he was able to cross over to get non blacks to like that black sound. Mm, I don't know if I would ever. There's there's no music that I miss a meal for, but You're a I have foodie. no. But I've have spent my last dollars on a pair of shoes, no. so you know there are things that I will miss a meal for, but not much. All right, so let's go ahead then. Now that brings us back to back into a nice little segue to the racism test. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go and find out is this racist. So let's first start off. Not too long ago. Twitter, I guess, was a fire with this, or Instagram with this whole nonsense with this, this white American girl. No, it was on Facebook. No, I found on Facebook that that's not where the, the war started. Okay. It was on Twitter media or whatever, and she had braided extensions, and she was showing them off. She loved them, and people got really <clears throat> mad because they were like, "Well, black women have been braiding their hair like this forever. No one's making a big deal about it." Blah, 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 blah. Was that racist? <laughs> Honestly, I think the out. The outcry against her was more racist than anything. The the little girl, she was white. She had blonde hair, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. She had these freestyle braids. And she saw them. She even said she loved them. She saw them on a black woman and thought it was a really cool way to have her hair. She wanted it. Her mom took her to a little place where black girls get their hair braided. She got her hair braided with blonde weave. And then all of a sudden, people blew up. She (laughs) thought, the little girl thought she was fly. And she was fly. She was. She was real fly. You know, do your hair how you want to do. And But I think the fact that she had to apologize, that was racist. 
because mm-hmm. not for her, but for people hating on her because she got her hair done that way. Oh, because she doesn't understand the culture. Stop using that crap as an excuse. I'm sorry. Hair to me is not something that's cultural. I mean, naturally, our hair grows out afro, right? So, or curly. Most black people have naturally curly hair to degree really, really curly or like slightly curly. So to me, that's how it grows. But adding extra hair and putting into styles and braids and all that, that is not black culture, right? That's not genetic I mean, or hereditary. It's a, it's Every just a woman, hairstyle. all women like to add some hair pieces I mean, and go to town. I got, I got, I got a hairstyle for you. How many non-black people you seen with dreads? Oh, so many, especially soccer players. But do we go around saying they're racist? Sometimes. I don't. I saw a Korean guy with dreads, and I was really following him, trying to figure out how he did it. I was really looking at his hair. <laughs> It did, and it looked good. Because Koreans don't usually have naturally curly hair, so how you make braids, I mean dreads, how do you get that? Uh, I don't know how dreads are made I mean, I followed place, him but... for about a block, just trying to figure, I should have just But it looked him. good. It did, it looked very natural. That's what I'm saying. I saw this. I saw another Korean guy at this show, uh, one of my friends, um, his band was playing, and the Korean rapper had a fro. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. But it looked good. That's when their perm goes wrong, but it still looks cool. <laughs> it looked good. It looked real good. They do have Afro perm over here, which I've been asked by some of the older women. Perm? 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 I'm like, no, I need a perm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's in the... Okay. And then last year, you know, they had... um The big issue with Malcolm Moore and Kendrick Lamar with Malcolm Moore winning the Grammy for Best Album. Album of the Year. And why did he have to apologize? Well, duh, because Malcolm Moore is white and Kendrick Lamar is black. But if I had to, I mean, personally, I listened to both albums. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Kendrick Lamar album was bad. It was actually a good. But if I had to really, really find... If we had to pull it out of him, in other words. I would listen. I, Malcolm Moore had the better album. Let's just speak truth. He downloaded one album and not the other. No, I had downloaded both. Oh, you did? Yes. I just well, deleted I also the other agree. one. I thought Malcolm Moore's album was better. And it was also topical to all of the political stuff that was going on in the, in America at the time. And plus, I've always said this to my hip-hop artists. Take some creative writing classes or something. <laughs> I mean, learn how to weave metaphors and similes. I mean, we learn just... Learn how to tell a good story. Pretty much. Yes. I mean, we went. I mean, if you go back and listen to the old school hip hop, and I know Childish Gambino, he's also one of the guys who can actually tell a good story. So if you don't like, if you don't know about this guy, what's his name? Donald Glover. Yes. Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, talented guy, rapper, art, actor, whatever. Comedian. Comedian. Yeah, That's I what I love that. him for. <laughs> oh yeah, he's funny as hell too. And I'm just saying, he is phenomenal. But he also tells a good story. But he also weaves metaphors together that really impact what he's trying to say. Malcolm Moore did the same thing. (laughs) I'm just saying there's a few other rappers. If you go back and take it back to the 80s, that's what all you had. Right, right. You go back into the NWA days, F the police and all that other stuff. You really had to paint pictures. We've gotten away from that because we're trying to make our style either sounds the same. Sometimes it's not about painting pictures. It's just about telling the story. You but know, even because, with the because story. the song that everybody loves so much by Malcolm Moore from last year was all about, you know, kind of 
the homosexual struggle but you know, trying to get equal right and it was very but it wasn't like you know nope nope no nope. i'm gonna have to step on you there i'm gonna have to step on you there because okay. it's like this yes it was he did tell a story but he painted a great picture he was able to, me, to when you paint pictures you use adjectives and i can't i gotta use my imagination to kind of see what you're talking about i had to use my imagination he told it plain he told it plainly but that's the... if i were gay i think hip-hop would hate me hip-hop hated me that's what he said that was exposition but listen to everything else that he said circling okay around i don't want that. i don't want this to be a discussion it's about not a discussion about hip-hop or the album i'm just telling you what happens okay well so not racist right just chosen over artistic ability at that point and this this past grammy it was corrected i guess some people could say and now kendrick lamar has his grammy not his his awards now now he has been awarded for his work as well which is always good all right so let's talk about blackface is blackface ever okay for example a white girl for what is that cosplay dressed up as the famous michonne from walking dead a beautiful black woman strong dreaded hair and this white girl said, that's my favorite character. So she makes her skin brown. Don't know how she did it. <laughs> and she gets the dreaded wig and the outfit and everything. Was that racist? I don't know. I really don't. Because this is where the generation has now changed. Mm. <laughs> A few, ten years ago, we'd have strung her up. Well, black people don't string anybody up. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> we don't do we don't do the stringing up of anybody. Not, not like that. Not 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 string her up as if get the rope. I mean, like we really would have like hemmed her up and oh, got she on got her. hemmed up quite a bit. I think chastised, cursed out, everything but the child's name. <laughs> and I think what happens with this is that she idolizes this character and wants to be this character. It's like um, Snoop Dogg came to Korea. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that Snoop, and there's a famous uh, picture yes. with Snoop Dogg taking a picture of this guy because Snoop had Snoop. Uh, no, he has dreads. He now. has dreads now. And no more relaxer. <laughs> yeah, he has dreads, and the guy that loved him so much browned himself and had a dread wig. Blackface. Yeah, he blackfaced himself and had a and had a wig. Guy, but blackface himself. But I mean, to look like Snoop Dogg. But he idolized and wanted to be him so much. This is his way of showing it's imitation wait whoa so you're saying it's okay i didn't say it was okay i just said that i think in a certain situation i don't know i just think that when you're black facing yourself and in the fact and and when you do it where you're degrading like what was that breakfast at tiffany's that movie, mm-hmm. the guy, he was like the Japanese landlord. I think he was and, supposed to be Chinese. Okay, whatever. I'm not sure. I don't know. But he had it the fake racist. buck teeth. He had the, the fake buck eyes. teeth, the squinty eyes, the glasses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what I And I was just like, that was just really, that's racist. Because his imitation He's of, of... Imitation is making fun. Yes. Okay, well, I, I disagree on that. I think, I think that was um, inappropriate for the... The person to dress up to to blackface themselves to be Michonne and also inappropriate to blackface yourself to look like Snoop Dogg. It's not necessary. Okay, well, what about this? You can wear a dreaded wig and the costume. People still okay, get it. I got this. I'm going to defend my white people for a moment. Mm. Okay, what about white chicks? Black people white facing themselves and acting like white guys. Like, oh, oh no, my no, no. God. Everybody all uses that excuse, but it's like one time. 
you know, ever, as opposed to hundreds of years of the opposite way. So no, one time does not cancel out or equate to the hundreds of years of other people making fun of us by black facing themselves. All right, here's another one. Here's another movie. <sighs> what about Tropic Thunder? Robert Downey Jr. black facing himself to be Sergeant Lincoln Osiris. Uh, apparently, we've been, we've been. It's time for us to. Is it time for us to go? No, it's not time for us to go. Oh, I'm hearing music in my headphones. That's because you you always hear music in your head. Oh, I do, I do, I really do. Well, anyways, um, in that situation, because the movie addressed that issue and it was an issue in the movie itself, that I think that that is there's nothing wrong with that because that was the the whole funny kind of making fun of this is what Hollywood has done before and will maybe do again. Okay, I, I had to throw that because, you know, you know, that's my favorite move, right? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> well, um, oh, but this did come up in the movie Dear White People. They did have white students. Um, don't want to spoil it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How about this? For the, this for the issue listeners? was addressed in the movie well, Dear White for People. For the listeners, what is Dear White People? It's a movie called Dear White People. <laughs> Well, explain it. Tell the viewers what the movie's about. Exactly what it is. There's there's um, a group of black students who go to majority white university, Ivy League school, it seems like, pretend. And uh, they have their own kind of culture that they have developed and grown on campus. And there's a their leader, de facto leader, she has a radio show on campus called Dear White People, where she explains some issues between the two cultures. Okay. That's pretty much it. So what was your opinion of Dear White People? Did you like it? Did you hate it? I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. So how did you feel about it? I didn't like it. Hate stronger than dislike. So well, why I didn't you like it. the movie? I thought it, it could have been funnier. It could have had less cliche. It just seemed like they were, they were walking the line between are we trying to be a mainstream movie that can appeal to our audiences, our the people at this age group now, versus, or are we trying to do like a remake of School Days from the eighties? So, I I was like, are they being artsy or? Uh, it just I say fail. It's a fail to me. Um, see, this is where we're gonna disagree again. Um, I'm just gonna say it like this. This is the real. I love the fact that it was. I love the fact that it was kind of like a rehash of school days, but it was trying to appeal with the way racism is now addressed in today's society. Right. And the way, and with her militant behavior of dear white people, she's like taking a stance on it, like hitting people in the face. Like the, the she's a, she's also a student who's taking like a movie. She's majoring in like cinema. Movie making. I don't, I don't know what her major was, but she had a film class where she had Thank to you. make movies. She was in a film class, <laughs> but she was like, her class, her professor was always like, stop hitting us with your message in the face. Mm. Get us there. And that's what her radio show was like, smacking people in the face. Right. But I think her progression throughout the entire movie was then being able to, how this movie, his actual movie was trying to subtly, as well as hit you in the face with the hor horrible things that are going on, but how subtle 
it is. Like, it's losing how that whole racism, racism is, it is. is more subtle than it used to be. Yes. Okay. And I think that's what it was trying to do with Stiddy, trying to appeal with today's generation. But people like myself and maybe older may have also felt or seen actual racist things. Uh, I actually, I disagree. I don't think the audience has anything to do with older people. I think they're really trying to address the generation, I guess, what do you call it? Generation Y. That generation, the, all, everyone born from basically 1980 until about uh, 96 or something, that generation has had it pretty good. But we had to explain to them that racism does not look like how it did in the 50s where, you know, there there were signs that said colored only. You know, you sit at the back of the bus and you go to different schools and white kids. Now it has changed. And people, a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't exist anymore because we elected a black president. But that's what the movie's trying to show is that just because some things have changed and it has gotten better does doesn't not mean, mean that it's gone. gone. And it's still an issue that we do need to address. And, and that was with. the beauty of the movie. I don't call it beauty. I'm just saying, you know, if, if younger people like this movie and they get that message out of it, then it's good. I give applause. But I just didn't like it. It's okay that you didn't <laughs> like it. I'm not crucifying you for Jesus. It could have been done better. Let's say that. It could have been better. <laughs> oh, but I did want to bring this one up because we were talking about how beautiful black culture is and can be. There's some ugliness that I've seen recently in the media. Omar, uh, not Omar Epps. What's his name? Omar is the black guy, like Mike Epps. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mike Epps. Even black people think all black people look alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Omar Epps, chocolate brother. Mike it's just Epps, the last peanut name. butter. They must be related because Mike <laughs> Epps did mention that he has like a gazillion cousins. Yeah, I mean, and my whole issue is that he's speaking badly about Kevin Hart. I don't understand the beef that they have. I don't know. I don't know enough to talk about it. I really don't think it's worth discussing, to be honest. Because, I mean, there are going to be people who have beef. It, whether it's real or contrived, we don't know. Because celebrities are always up to no All good. All right. Here's, here's the thing. And I, I, I want you to give me an honest opinion. Who do you think is funnier? Funnier. <laughs> funnier. Ooh, someone's been a career too long. <laughs> who do you think is funnier? Kevin Hart? Mike Epps. We're going to get a lot of... This is, good. This, is like, this is like spreading shade. I'm not going to spread shade. Okay, I'm who do you like commenting. more? I'm not commenting on it. I'm not commenting on it. I don't know either one of these gentlemen personally, so I'm not commenting. I'm talking on about it. comedy. Okay, you've seen their work. You've seen I've their stand seen up. Their work. Who do you think is who do you I'm not think continuing the beef. I'm not going there. All right. Well, thank you all for listening in. I'm Khalif. And I'm Jamise. And this is Friendly Fire. Catch you next time. Bye bye.